Welcome. You made it to Tough Shit. Podcast puts first world problems into perspective. We are your hosts. I'm Chris. Good job. Thank you. I'm Corey. And like I said, you made it to Tough Shit. It's a full episode. And uh, we have a little something for you today. Oh, wait. Yeah, before we get into it, uh, if you like the show and you want to see more of us, we're on Instagram at TS Podcast Official. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Pandora or any of those, give us a follow on Apple. Leave a review. A five-star review. Even if you don't like it. That's what everybody says on all the other shows. And then they get real successful. Leave a review. Just review us how you, if you don't like it, if you can't stand Chris's voice, let us know. Is that a thing? They might, yeah. Really? I think on Apple. Yeah, you can definitely comment over there. No, I mean uh, people don't like my voice. I haven't heard that yet. Hmm. Uh, But no one really... I've right heard it so. when Mandy's had this on, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think, like, that does sound like an exaggerated version of my voice, but I've never heard it until we started the show. You know, because when was, you talk, like, it gets warped through your jawbone mm-hmm. when it heads into your ear canal, so yeah. I think I sound a lot different than I do, but now that I'm wearing these headphones that I can hear myself, I don't sound as cool as I always thought I sounded. You are the coolest sounding guy I know. I'm the coolest sounding guy in this room. Yeah, that's debatable. Anyway, anyway, what are we talking about today? Today's topic is hunting. Oh, great. Yes. We're Our talking. most boring fucking subject yet. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize coffee was so exhilarating. I'm not uh, a hunter, so I don't uh, give a fuck. So, yes, we're talking about the taking of wild game, you know, letting the land provide. Uh, and today, it's, it's currently the second day of rifle season uh, for deer in New York, so... I should be in the woods doing alpha shit instead of sitting across from a limp wrist tea drinker doing a podcast. What? <laughs> Although I'd probably just be bored as shit reading a book. So This is my fourth cup of uh, <laughs> lavender honey stress relief today. Oh, oh. <laughs> Man, that, that's some rugged, rugged manly shit there. I don't like hunting. I don't like yeah. hunting season. I think part of that stems from when we were younger. I was the only one who didn't hunt mm-hmm. amongst our, like, our group of friends. Mm-hmm. So like... Hunting season to me was just, all my friends are gone, and I play video games by myself. <laughs> so I always resented it. We still came back at night and got hammered together. Yeah, but what I was going to do all fucking day is play video games. And I'm 36, and that was still that's still been my like go-to. <laughs> yeah. Because now mm-hmm. you're gone, and everybody mm-hmm. else is gone. Although I, I got more time, because I got a 10-point yesterday. So. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. I did get a deer opening yes. day. It Good was, for you. I yeah. had to actually... I. I hate, there's nothing more boring to me than a hunting story, Mm -hmm. but I did just listen to your hunting story in the kitchen, and actually, it was pretty good. I'll give it to you. Well, because it wasn't just the typical, like, well, I saw him, and I waited, and then I heard over the hill someone shoot, and then, like, I have heard a lot of hunting stories. There's, like, you know what? Okay, you know what is the only thing that's worse than a hunting story? Hmm. Ask me. What's the only thing worse than a hunting story? A fucking hunting video I'm... on YouTube. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And some of them have millions of views. Uh, yeah. Kurt, like coworker, boss, friend. Mm-hmm. He, you know, huge yeah. hunter. He's a I big mean, hunter. Yeah, yeah. fucking die. Like that is an alpha. Yeah. But he'll watch hunting videos, and like I don't know if he just wants me to kill myself, but just. <laughs> Just because you have a camera, although I guess we could also say just because you and I have microphones doesn't mean we have to do a podcast, but if just because you have a fucking phone doesn't mean you have to make a hunting video. It's all just, oh, there he is. <laughs> you see it over there. And they turn, here he comes. They turn I, the camera. I, 
Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's just like, and then nothing happens. He had this old guy on, and he just sits there. He's just like, well, it's called hunting for a reason. You don't always get every. Thing. It's like, all right, like, let's see what the wife packed today. I, I think the whole point is like, is, especially in your uh, your situation, because you don't hunt and you don't get involved. Um, the whole anticipation of watching a watching a game animal come in and you get to play God. Yeah. <sighs> no, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I go. know that there's. Like it's not, I I I yeah. can't get it because I'm not passionate about it. There's this guy that yeah. comes to our shop and talks to us, and Kurt asked the other day, he's like, "Yeah, it's such and such always asks why you walk away when we uh, when we start talking about like hunting shit because mm-hmm. it's fucking boring. <laughs> like I don't want to listen to it. It just does nothing to me. If I start talking about Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. they leave. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. I I I could so agree with that. So it's a two way street. It is absolutely. I now I will say I am not. A diehard hunter. I am a very casual hunter. Generally fair weather. You know this. Yes, like, you are. You are my. You are the most tolerable. In fact, like <laughs> if everybody, like I know, like the whole hunt, like hunting, uh, like the whole gun debate, everything. If everyone were as level, and I mean this as a genuine compliment, <laughs> if everyone was as level-headed as you are and safe and all that other shit, yeah. I don't think there'd be an argument. No, I just, it, I, I don't like, I don't go crazy about it. You know, I would like to get more, I, I guess, into it, you would say. Uh, I did get a crossbow this year. Yeah, so that yeah. was really cool. But uh, that's a whole different, like, archery and crossbow type hunting. There's a little more to it. There's some more stuff you need to do. Cause, yeah, they do it on The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, yep. That, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But like with uh, you know, with with rifle or shotgun, how if you hunt with a gun, I mean, you really don't have to be that close, right? So, but anyway, so yeah, that's today's topic is hunting. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it now. To get it like like we say with the complaints and things like that. Now, there are some places in the world where hunting is still a legit way of life. Like, your family will starve if you don't hunt. There's even a few pockets, like, <clears throat> deep in the wilderness in the U.S., like places in Alaska and Appalachia and things where... <laughs> yeah. What? Like, like right. people like... They, they I do. know. Robert they... Hansen murdered all those women in Alaska. Wow. Didn't he hunt them down? <laughs> could could right? be. I, I think so. Um, I always mix them up with Gary Ridgeway. Uh, but yeah, but so in the first world though, like hunting complaints, they can be pretty pathetic. Uh, you know, some of them being like, oh, like my side-by-side won't start or, you know, I couldn't get my super specific expensive ammo I prefer for my $3,000 rifle setup or my, my camo patterns don't match or my electric socks ran out of battery. I, from an outsider's view, I find that to be more along the lines of like the fucking golfer who sucks dick mm-hmm. at golf that buys a whole Has fucking $1,000 thing of mm-hmm. Callaways and still sucks assholes at it. Yeah. That's now, what I get. So you know this, but I, I have a very part-time job, like once yes. a month at a, uh, it's, yeah, it's a hunting store. Yes. Guns, ammo, bows, fishing, all that stuff. It's fun. I enjoy it. I, I get along with everyone there, and uh, a ton of the customers are great. But man, <laughs> there is some very first world. I've heard problems of the great white uh, hunter. The great white hunter. Yeah, exactly. They'll come in and buy like the most expensive rifle in scope and all the super expensive 
camo and every single thing you can get and it's like yeah hey, what are you doing with you know where are you hunting or this and that because you make small talk and like yeah i just got a like a pretty much an insulated cabin in the fucking woods right behind my house it's like ah that's pretty legit man <laughs> and i can't i can't say much because that's pretty much what i do when i i hunt. got comments to say uh-huh. but I, i'm saving it a little so i'll cover a little that, bit that's a lot of the first world issue when it comes to hunting it just seems like it is more of a a sport now you do uh, you do get a ton of meat if you do properly harvest a deer or get a couple deer i mean uh, i think i'm probably gonna get like 60 something pounds of meat that's a lot of meat like if you were to go buy that that'd be pricey now granted to get into hunting it can be it can be expensive yeah you can make it as an expensive as a hobby as you want i just go to the fucking store yeah. I go to Tops, I go to Wegmans. I hear this all the time from guys that I work with who are hunters that just like that I'm a millennial bitch and that like <laughs> if, now, if the end of the world came, like mm-hmm. I'd be running to them because I pick on them all the time. Yeah. Fucking... So I, I will say this. Now, I'm of the opinion that everyone who eats meat at least once in their life should uh, kill and butcher their own meat be it from hunting or from a farm like go do it once just so you get and this is this is just my opinion like just so you get a better appreciation of where your food comes i from. absolutely agree i'm not going to do it but no. i think you are a, <laughs> i think you're a hundred percent right yeah. i think because like i eat fucking meat i got we watched hot ones last night and i got i get real upset oh when people yeah eat i the, saw that uh yeah. the uh God damn it! Yeah, Cauliflower man, wings. Yeah, Bandy put something on. Uh, oh yeah, we did a we did a hot wings competition. Uh, Mandy yeah. and I, where you, we ate increasingly hot wings we made ourselves. Well, we watched hot ones, and it was really fun. And I got really sweaty, so we had spicy Korean barbecue two days in a row. And then last night I had a dozen hot wings or something like that. Your poor toilet. Yeah. <laughs> this morning wasn't much better. Uh, I just took a. I just had a protein shake. So. Yeah, oh, there you it's go. It's your toilet. <laughs> If we make it through this without me pissing my pants, it's going to be a fucking miracle. I've had so much goddamn Just start today. bringing a milk jug with you. Hey, I do have one personal story about hunting. Yeah, let's I hear it. I forgot one time I went hunting. Mm-hmm. Remember? With you. Oh, you you mentioned this briefly in uh, one of our- Did I? You yeah. and Derek? When we went and did that drive, yeah. and I thought that a drive was shooting from the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me a shotgun, and so one of you shot, and I dropped to the ground, and I stayed there until we were done. <laughs> like, the, weren't even only... shooting anywhere near you? Yeah, no. Some some guy I worked for the other day was telling me a hunting story that was actually interesting. Apparently, we live near an Indian reservation, which I've mm-hmm. said before, Native American reservation. Uh, and uh, he was talking about his camp, and they got a deer, a buck, one year, and uh, some Native Americans came and stole the deer from them from their camp. Oh wow! And I'm just like he told like a sob story. He's just like, yeah, they came and took it. Did and they like, hunt oh, it off the res? Well, hang on. He's uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, but. A couple days before, my brother went into a, a, a native bar in town, and he went in drunk and called them all wahoos, which I don't know what a wahoo is, <laughs> I'm sure but apparently some... they beat the fuck out of him. So this guy's telling me this, and I lost it in his camp, just laughing, because I thought it was fucking hilarious. I mean, yeah, if you go in and call them a bunch of wahoos, then uh-huh. they're going to fucking steal your deer and beat the fuck out of you. Don't do that. Yeah. I've heard of a, a yahoo, but that's just like kind of a general, oh, they're a yahoo. I've heard of I, I don't think in terms of native, just in general. Yoo-hoo, right? Isn't that the... If it was between Yoo-hoo milk. and Nesquik, I'd take a Yoo-hoo, but I'd rather just have chocolate yeah, milk. Nesquik Yoo-hoo's not all that day. good. Fuck you. You look like an Ovaltine man. No, I don't like Ovaltine. <laughs> That's for Catholics. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
let's see, personal story. Uh, last year, I actually had a nice deer come in, like 40 yards, and perfect shot, broadside, standing still. Pulled the trigger on my rifle and got a click, and that's just because I had a light primer strike on the bullet. Didn't fire. <laughs> we can all relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that would be like, all right, so this would be like you – going to get an autograph going to a bookstore where robin hobb is autographing books Mm -hmm. and you getting to the front of the line and them saying like the only way you can get this done is you need to bring your own pen and you getting all the way up there and realizing you didn't bring a pen so you could see robin hobb but she couldn't sign your book i guess kind of Uh i mean it'd be closer if like my plan was to kill robin hobb and eat her (laughs) but yeah i mean but yeah i guess i can kind of see that Uh i had a disappointing one the other day like talking about like now i get to play video games because all you fuckers are hunting all the goddamn time Mm -hmm. so my game this month is forza horizon 5 just came out not really big on racing games but it looks like fun so i get on there Mm -hmm. and um, it's uh, apparently a very pro- progressive game because it asks for your pronoun right at the beginning, which, come on, yeah, whatever. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. But, it, like, so it does that. I'm like, well, at least, I mean, I guess it's super concerned about my identity. Um, oh, I got to turn my phone <laughs> off. Um, but it's not because then I tried to do a personalized plate, so I tried to do Taco Slut 69. Yeah. Said it was inappropriate. What the fuck? So I had to leave the U out Double and put standards. a tomato at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> That's it. oh that's great um let's see what else i've fallen asleep a bunch hunting i read a lot of books uh yeah i'm I'm not really uh like like i got into it earlier you know like i don't know i get cold quick and i'm just like fuck this i'm going in i've fallen asleep listening to hunting stories Uh uh-huh yeah i can relate yeah so who's going first or do you have anything Uh, else for on top let's see real quick wanted to hit a statistic there is 15.2 15.2 million licensed hunters in the U.S. How many? 15.2 million. Hmm. And there was actually a jump last year because during uh, COVID lockdown and Everybody shortages and things like that. meat and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then they couldn't get it in to get butchered, right, or something? Or do you do that yourself? You can do it yourself. Oh. I, I take mine to a processor, but okay. they're a processor, a meat processor is a essential thing i'd like to think is it i don't yeah. know i mean you're I still you guys getting... they just ate it right in the woods yeah you... uh <laughs> fur and all so um I, i've got i have three i forgot this i have three questions for you i wrote three questions oh out. so this oh that you did say you were gonna ask this is from a, a non-hunter like to a, a hunter yeah this is ask a hunter i don't know uh, how well i will represent the hunting community but i will do my best these are just questions i have for Corey about hunting okay uh not boring ones, but like super cool ones. All right, let's hear it. So, and I like I got rid of a couple of them. I haven't read these, mm-hmm. so I grew up. No, I don't need my glasses. Uh, number one, is it true that most hunters missed shots with a bow or rifle or knife or whatever uh, can usually be blamed on the hunter being caught off guard by an approaching deal deer while said hunter is masturbating in his or her tree stand? <laughs> well, having never masturbated while hunting. Uh, I can't, you can't say, I can't answer that. Okay. I can, I can point you in the direction of a one or two people. (laughs) There is somebody I'm thinking of that I probably should have asked. Yep. Uh huh. Okay. So now I, I'm sorry. I can't represent the hunting community with your masturbation hunting issue. So you don't know. No, I, I, I do feel a lot of times you're distracted by like a phone or a book or something and deer will come in or game. Um, yep. 
two. So number two, uh, is it true that the current generation of hunters are hesitant to mask their own scent by dousing themselves in deer urine or the urine of other game animals after witnessing so many members of their parents' generation descending into uncontrollable bestiality fetishes that clearly stem from this practice? Uh, I don't think that's a thing at all. Okay. See, normally when you uh, put scent, any type of scent out, you don't put it on yourself. Oh. The only thing you put on yourself is scent killer, which neutralizes your odor. Okay. But like the urine, like dough urine and things like that to draw in deer, uh, you usually put that out, you know, yardage away from where you're going to be so you can have a good clear shot. Okay. When the game comes in. No, people don't cover them. I'm going to be honest never with you. Taken you <laughs> I have like, never taken you hunting. You'll just show up like wearing, I don't, you would be wearing a deer costume covered in deer piss. Like they're all going to come to me now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I might've started to write these as like a little sarcastically, but I honestly, and then you're honest like, I to don't fucking know. God okay. thought that you covered yourself in piss. Come on. I'm serious. I will. All right. You opened that drawer for me where the place you worked part time, the sportsman's place, and uh-huh. like it's, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, because it's just full of piss. I thought you covered yourself. Oh, with those piss. are lures for trapping. That shit fucking oh, stinks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I will say that's funny, though. Where the deer urine and all the lures hang, there's the stuff that's like, it's in a deodorant stick. Oh, it's a rub. Yes, I've seen this. And you, you rub it on things, you rub the scent onto things. But it looks just like a deodorant. deodorant stick. And I would fuck with people and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I put that stuff on last year. And, you know, I smelled horrible and nothing came in. <laughs> Everyone who uses lures knows I'm joking. But I guarantee there's going to be one person at some point who's like, oh, maybe I'll try that. Like, I, no. You could probably take that to like one of the local <laughs> hippie stores and sell that as an actual you deodorant. You could. There was one. It's awesome. It smells like... I want to say it smells like wood smoke and bacon or something. It's like it's like a food odor that brings in bears. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm wearing a shirt with a bear on it. Yeah, rawr. rawr. Yeah, you're a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's from a brewery I've never been to. Oh, okay. I have uh, one more question. All right, let's hear it. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And I uh, do have a funny thing about lures again, too, when you're done. Is, is, it, uh, is it true that the vast majority of the hunting community spends far more money on guns, ammunition, hunting equipment, and bush light than if they had just gone to the deli instead? I'm going to put an asterisk by that with a yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. An honest answer. Thank you. That's all I have. Those are the only yeah. two questions. I would say the, the, the modern hunter can spend way too much money on a lot of gear that's kind of really if you were to break it down and i were to just keep using the very first shotgun i ever owned and never bought other guns or ammo or anything and just kept hunting with that i would probably be money ahead but now no (laughs) okay i was just curious i mean i think that's again another golf comparison oh yeah that would be like you could go buy you don't have to buy clubs and Mm -hmm. you just fucking drink scotch at home you don't have to go (laughs) pretend to play golf ahead of it or go buy some at st vinnie's i think my first set of clubs when i used to golf i bought at st vinnie's no i yeah my parents bought me uh some clubs years ago and we well we used to go golf i'm not gonna go golf no no i don't care for it anymore no oh real quick when you were talking about the lures and the scents and i would joke and tell people about the the deodorant stick thing yeah there is another product that I like to fuck around with people. It's called Buck Butter. And it's like in a little dish and it's kind of a little thicker thing. Is it their jizz? No, it's not it's not 
deer jizz. Okay. But it's it's called buck butter because it's supposed to draw in bucks, and it's really a lot of people swear by it. Say you, it works real good. All you do is you open it and set it out. And some people put like a little heater under it to warm it up. So. Like a citronella candle. But I like to joke with people and say, you know, I tried that buck butter last year. Wake up opening day, I put it all over my toast, ate it, you know, like it's butter. It's, it's fucking <laughs> And like usual, they laugh. But at some point, someone's going to be like, yeah, you know, I hear this buck butter is pretty good on toast. I got to write this. This is like hunting joke gold that you're giving I me. All right. <laughs> Just come, yeah. Just come down to work with me for a for a day this time of year. You'll get it. You'll get comedy gold all day, every day. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I love it. All right. I think I don't think I got anything else off the top. We each have a a a hunting story Mm -hmm. today, and I have a legit hunting story. But I think you're going first, though, aren't you? I am. Aren't you? Aren't you? (sighs) All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm into it. Here we go. Yeah, I feel like you now. Why? I'm just like <sighs> I'm all you pumped excited? up. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute I've since we've been fucking week. pumped all goddamn week. Hey, we've been doing back to back weeks to upload. So I would. I don't know. This time of year is just tough for the both of us. But either way, let's get into it. Your alarm goes off at 4 a.m. and you peel yourself out of bed. It's a special day. It's the first day of deer season. You check your game camera app on your smartphone to see that there's a monster buck that's been hanging out right in front of your stand. Excited, you throw on your $800 worth of odor-repellent Sitka camo and head out the door. Sure, not to forget your $1,200 Browning hunting rifle equipped with a $600 Leupold optic. It sure is great to get back to nature and embrace your primal need to hunt. As you drive... (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's all the first world issues. As as you drive your $20,000 side-by-side up to your insulated and heated tree stand, the giddiness starts to set in. You climb the ladder and get settled in for your big hunt. As the sun rises, you see some movement in the brush. Here he comes, the big one. The massive 12-point you've been seeing on your cameras. You slowly open the window of your tree stand and poke the barrel of your rifle out. You line up the crosshairs and take a deep breath as you slowly squeeze the trigger. Click. Nothing. You panic. Did you forget to load your gun? You got too much piss in it. Right? (laughs) You rack the rifle and try again. Click. Nothing. By now, the deer hears you and beats feet for the hills. Congratulations, dumbass. In your haste, not only did you forget to load your gun, you forgot your ammo entirely. Looks like you're heading back to camp with your head hanging low this year. But don't feel too bad, because after you hear today's story, you'll be glad that click you heard only brought you embarrassment and not your untimely doom. You stupid, sad bastard. Uh Uh-huh. I have heard that story a lot. I'm sure. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Today's story takes us to 1990s Russia. More specifically, the Primorium. Oh, no. We have the same story. I told you entirely to avoid <laughs> Russia. I'm kidding. <laughs> the 90s Russia. Not that hard. Uh, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It's going to happen. You, I know. Don't jinx us. It's going to happen. We're going to have the same story. That's going to be the most. And well, I, then we'll just have to go through we'll with it and see who tells notes. it better. Yeah. And then our audience can tell us who did a better job. Yeah, because everyone responds to every question. <laughs> <we have. laughs> All right. Today's story takes us to 1990s Russia, more specifically the Primorye region in 1997. 
Located against the Sea of Japan, this area is obviously very far from the controlling hands of Moscow. In fact, it's closer to Australia than it is the Ukraine. Uh, this region of Russia is as rugged, beautiful, and deadly of a terrain that a person can ask for. It's home to vast forests, rivers, mountains, floodplains, and coastline. The whole place is as if British Columbia, Appalachia, and the Yukon got drunk and had a three-way. <laughs> it is. It's fucking wild. Like, it's nuts. <clears throat> the area is home to typhoons, summer monsoons, and crippling winters that dump feet of snow with temperatures that dip into the negative 40s. But this region is also known, is also home to something equally as deadly, that being the Amur tiger. Okay, is that the, like a like a snow tiger? Is that the white one? No, no, they're 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 orange cats, but they are huge. In fucking Russia? Exactly. Didn't hmm. know about that, did you? No, I didn't. Well, you got to think about where it is. It's far east Russia. Okay. So isn't the White Sea? Isn't that far east Russia? I know it's it's right against the Sea of Japan, where this area. Okay. The, okay so my sister. I think White Sea is north. There. I think White Sea is north north of this, up by okay. Siberia. All right. <clears throat> so. Amir tigers are the largest tiger species currently left on the planet. Amir? Like A-M-I-R? Yeah, A-M-U-R. Amir? Amir. Yeah. Okay. Uh, currently left on the planet. And these cats don't fuck around. Known for their strength, speed, and size, these cats can make short work of killing their prey. But unfortunately, these cats also live in the worst region that a tiger can live. That being right next to China. For whatever goddamn reason... Oh, yeah, there's no poachers there. The Chinese think that tigers have magical powers and their various body parts are sold at a premium by the country's quack doctors who dish out piter, powdered tiger penis and tiger blood wine for all types of ailments. I've had tiger beer. <clears throat> See? The Look br- at you. I, I thought it was the brand of beer. You fucking trash. Holy shit. <laughs> right? Huh. Powdered so, penis. Everything. They, what do they use it for? Powder oh, penis. It, oh, vigor like gets oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So sexual vigor. Right. Every everything like they harvest everything from a tiger. But <clears throat> so the black market poaching of the Amir tiger is a serious problem in this area. Now, in 1997, the Primorye region of Russia wasn't known for its glitz and glam. In fact, it was more known for its haggard, depressed residents who quite literally. Sp- still have to live off the land like some old-timey pioneers. That's how I picture most of Russia. This area is... After the Soviet Union had collapsed and communism had failed yet another country, the folks of the area just went on dealing with the lack of work, lack of income, and quite frankly, not much to do but survive. And one of these poor souls was Vladimir Markov. Markov was, like most people of this area, a rugged, resourceful man who spent most of his time at his poor excuse for a cabin deep in the wilderness of the Beacon Valley. That's in Primori region. Okay. I think the Beacon River, Biken River. You could tell me it's anywhere. I yeah. know very little. I don't know anything about our local geography, let alone Yeah, I, that's very true. So, yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes from home, you're lost. Uh, <clears throat> he was a beekeeper, trapper, fisher, hunter, and poacher. Uh, at the time, so many people of this region were so poor they couldn't afford the proper licenses to hunt or own firearms. But that didn't stop them from doing what they had to do to just keep living. Uh, having already had a few run-ins with the local conser- conservation officers of the area, Markov had a reputation for not quote-unquote playing by the rules. Even though Russia in the 1990s was a borderline Wild West of sorts, 
um, <clears throat> with no one getting iron fisted anymore, uh, the country still did try to make. Hang on. Uh huh. <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch that one. Iron fisted. Yeah. You like. Know, the Iron Fist, the Iron Curtain. Oh, Russia. it's not. I still read that no torture Soviet, book, so yeah. I thought you were. They were getting. No, there's you know no more I mean. Soviet Union. Okay, <clears throat> all right. So it's not something that would go along. No, with no, like... it's not a sexual thing. Okay, <sighs> sexual torture. Um, you don't make that go in easier. All right, some no, buck butter. Some buck. <laughs> no, it would just taste better. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so what the fuck was that? <laughs> Iron Fist. Iron Fisted anymore. Uh, the country still did try to maintain some type of law and order. And one of those laws was absolutely no one was to kill Amir Tigers due to their limited numbers. Uh, but to people like Markov, that just meant a bigger sack of yuan from China if he bagged a big cat. In early December of 1997, Vladimir Markov was out hunting, making his way through the dense snow-covered forests of Primori, when he came across a fairly fresh tiger kill in the snow. Most woodsmen of the region would have left it right there because of the bad karma that comes from stealing from a tiger. But Markov gave no fucks and took a slab of the meat for himself and returned to his cabin. At some point, the tiger returned to its kill to find some freeloader stole half of it. This didn't sit well with the big kitty. Tigers <clears throat> apparently are a very vengeful creature and have a memory that makes an elephant seem like they need a drool cup. Some... <laughs> They're fucking smart. No shit. Yeah. So they'll take revenge? <gasps> wow. Just wait. Okay. <clears throat> Some say that their instincts and attitudes are even godlike. This particular tiger decided to catch up with Markov and take back what was rightfully his. He tracked the man's scent with ease and made, it <clears throat> and made his way to Markov's cabin. Upon arriving, the tiger was met by the man's dogs, who essentially sounded the alarm that a tiger was inbound. The furious feline arrived and instantly began destroying the fuck out of everything it could get its paws on, uh, thrashing the little cabin and knocking over everything in the way. If it wasn't bolted no down, shit. he was fucking it up. Did he kill dogs? Hold on. All right. Markov, in a panic, fired his shitty old shotgun with weak hand-loaded shells at the beast, ultimately hitting it and scaring it off for now. Uh, knowing, <clears throat> knowing he was now in a world of shit for pissing off a tiger and also committing a federal offense by shooting said tiger, uh, Markov knows he has to finish what he started. But first, he needs to locate his dogs that ran off during the chaos. After very cautiously scouring the woods for his pet, he finally returns to his cabin, ready to get a game plan together for finishing off the big cat and collecting a massive payday of black market money. Did he find the dogs? But uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay. But there was someone else waiting for him once he returned to his shelter, the tiger. The massive beast rushed Vladimir Markov at full speed, but caught another shoulder full of buckshot from the man's gun in the process. But it did little to slow the tiger down. The tiger got his paws into Markov and went to town. Thrashing, <gasps> ripping, and tearing the man stood no chance at this point. The big cat, filled with rage and vengeance, tore the man to shreds, decapitating him and eating a large portion of what remained. It was a vicious death, to put it lightly. And Vladimir's dogs, they didn't fare too well either. The killer cat made short work, short work of the hounds and was on his way. Oh, I should have looked <laughs> this up on that, uh, what the fuck is it, doesthedogdie.com. Wow, that's that's a thing? Yeah. Huh. It's for people who can't handle animals dying in movies, so uh, they can check it out without yeah. it giving anything else away. It's fucking 
killed all of them? Oh, yeah. Made oh. short work. All right. After a few days of not seeing their poacher buddy, two of Markov's friends stopped by his cabin to check on him. But what they found was the stuff of nightmares. Blood-soaked snow, body parts in a mostly destroyed cabin is what greeted the two men. They quickly informed the local law enforcement as to what had happened. And it didn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out what had gone down. The local... <laughs> the rocket surgeon? Right. So it's a mechanic? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the local sheriff called in the region's elite unit of conservation officers that specialized in all things tiger. From hunting down poachers to investigating attacks and even dispatching sick tigers. This group of men was known as, quote unquote, Inspection Tiger. It's a yeah. stupid name. Was, was that Chinese <laughs> or was that Russian? Because nothing translates well. Right. So I know it sounds pretty lame, but I'm guessing something was lost in translation. I with would that hope one. so. It was probably like Tiger Watch or something like that. Which is still pretty stupid. Either way. <laughs> now, I've heard you can buy Tiger Watches in China. Uh-huh. So it, it, it does. it's kind of a silly name. But either way, these dudes were badass. They were pretty much like a SWAT team of the woods. Uh, they operated out of a surplus military personnel carrier and were armed to the teeth. Yeah. Hmm. Like the tiger, these boys didn't fuck around. Uh, after investigating the carnage at Markov's cabin, the team leader, Yuri Trush, uh, made the determination there was a wounded, pissed-off tiger rolling around the Baikon Valley who has a taste for human blood, all of which makes for a bad situation. Yuri quickly contacted Moscow and requested a permit to dispatch the tiger before he kills again. To which a permit was granted. They still had their bureaucracy of the time oh, of for course. everything. Uh, once news of Vladimir's death hit the streets of local towns, <clears throat> the people started to panic. They began to lock their doors, carry rifles, and not go out alone. It was a little touch and go, to say the least. And the group at Inspection Tiger were on the constant patrol, warning the townspeople to stay out of the woods, and they were searching the area for any signs of the tiger. But by a week later, some of the residents grew tired of waiting around and needed to get back to the wilderness to check traps and hunt for food. And one of these residents was a young man by the name of Andre. Uh, Andre, I'm going to butcher this one. No, let's hear it. Po Pochpanya. Ah, he's Chinese. No, Pochpanya, that sounds very Russian. Oh. Yeah. P-O-C-H-E-P-N-Y-A. Okay. I, I'm sure no, I butchered it. I'll give it, it to you. But it's Andre. Andre. A-N-D-R-I. Uh, Andre felt the tiger had no quarrel with him, so he was safe to traverse the main river to check his traps. He also had his trusty Mosin Nagant rifle with him that was a total piece of shit, according to his friends. That's what he's hunting a fucking tiger with? Well, he just had it with him, had his okay. rifle, like for safety and hunting boar and deer or whatever you could okay. get. So, well, unfortunately for Andre, while he was making his way up upstream to check traps, another trap was being set. For him, the tiger, now more agitated due to a festering buckshot wound and limited food supply, had destroyed another hunting shelter nearby and dragged the mattress from it to the riverbank so he could wait in comfort on it for an easy meal to pass by. Are you fucking serious? Dead serious. Like a little cat bed? Yep. Huh. Fucking trashed the hunting shanty and, like, dragged the mattress out, put it out under a little, like, tree that had cover. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is like that uh, deer hunter revenge game. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. You played as the deer and you'd hunt the hunter. Uh -huh. Those were not great games. But no, was, they were, uh, they they were just, funny. Yeah. Um, and that easy meal, 
waiting for an easy meal to pass by. And that easy meal did in the form of Andre Pochpanya. The Chinaman. He's not Chinese. Okay. As the young man trekked through the snow and ice along the river, the tiger ambushed him from behind. Andre turned last minute, aimed his rifle, and click. The gun misfired, as some garbage rod Mosin Nagant rifles do. He was toast. The tiger absolutely decimated the young man, tearing him to pieces and eating almost all of him. The bloodshed along the riverbank was devastating and grotesque. Now happily fed again, the tiger was on his way. This is like, uh, what the fuck was that movie? The I, Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah. Right? I was, gonna, I was going to, uh, I was going to, I was going to, God damn it. That's Michael how Douglas. I got set on this road. That's a good movie. Yeah, that is a At good least one. I remember it being a good mm-hmm. movie. And I believe that was true. The man eating Well, it's true as it was, fucking how, yeah, movies go. The events of it yes, were based on yes. a real thing. So after a few days, Andre's friends and family grew concerned for the young man and went out searching for him. And it didn't take them long to find the young man's resting place. I say, uh, I, I say, said he was dead. <laughs> his resting place. Okay. I say place because any remains of the poor soul were all but bits and scraps that were brought out in a small bag. His father checked his son's rifle to see if it had fired, only to find an intact rifle cartridge with a dented primer. Ugh. Andre's dad rechambered the round and pulled the trigger. His son's rifle fired this time, but too little, too late. Frustrated, he then promptly threw the shitty gun into the river. Imagine that. Uh, like, wow. Mm-hmm. Now, the townsfolk were beyond afraid, uh, and, they were, and they were starting to get pissed. They had relied on inspection tigers to have killed or captured the big kitty by now, but instead they only had another loved one killed by its paw to deal with. Feeling the heat from the people of the region, Yuri and his team decided the best course of action was to break up into groups of four and hunt the beast by foot, the old-fashioned way of tracking, spotting, and stalking. No helicopters or technology were going to help them now. Like, they had to go old school because it's so dense. Okay. So remote area. Because they were going to try to do a helicopter and thermals, but dense tree cover, can't Fucking bomb it all. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, uh, that doesn't fly. No. Okay. Uh, starting at the river where the tiger had killed Andre, Yuri and his team began the brutal task of tracking the cat by foot through knee-deep snow across dense terrain. For a solid week, the men followed the tiger's tracks, knowing which one it was due to the persistent limp they saw in the snow. In its travels, the feline had made its way through the hills, destroyed another hunter's cabin, fought off another tiger from a fresh kill, and came within 300 meters of the local village, only to turn away last minute. So is he getting, like, bigger, too, as this is going on? like The tiger? Like, yeah, like no, uh, he's, he's Katamari? Actually, no, he's losing weight. Cause oh, he's wounded. Really? Yeah, he's oh. wounded. He can't. He's not as fast. He's injured. Like, yeah, okay. so he was. So he's getting desperate. That's why oh, okay. he's so violent. Right. Okay. And what better meal than a fucking human? <laughs> think about I don't know. It. Yeah. I can think of better meals. Well, if a tiger saw you in the woods, it'd be like, oh, boy. I know I've put that's on a, some weight in the last couple of years. That's a spicy meatball. Whatever. <laughs> no, any of us. Like, if it's on me, like, because humans aren't, we're not fast like deer or anything like that. No. So, but all right, anyway. Uh, on the final day of tracking, Yuri and his men <clears throat> had made a gamble to return to their personal their personnel carrier to try and cut the tiger off at the next ridge. 
to which the gamble paid off. While driving down a snow-packed logging road, he spotted the limping tiger track darting across the trail. The team got out and realized the tracks were so fresh that they were still warm. They sprang into action and hiked into the tree line with their rifles at the ready. The men came into a clearing and cautiously fanned out to cover more ground. They knew if they were going to get ambushed, this would be the spot, wide open with no cover. And Yori's instincts paid off. The blood-curdling roar of the tiger came from the brush only 10 yards away, and as Yuri turned towards the sound, the only thing in his vision was a 500-pound Amur tiger airborne heading right for him, its fangs out and claws extended. In the blink of an eye, he managed to fire two rounds and his team 11 rounds before the cat collided with him. Man and beast fell to the ground in a very ungraceful dive. The tiger... Uh, with its mass kept rolling another meter until the gun smoke and snow finally settled to reveal a tiger dead on the ground and a very grateful Yuri Trush stand up to check himself to see he was still alive. It was a scene straight out of an action movie. The nightmare of the cannibal cat of Primori was finally over. After dusting himself off, Yuri began to document what had just happened and in the process realized he couldn't find his rifle. It wasn't until they opened the tiger's mouth they discovered the big cat had swallowed Yuri's SKS rifle whole. What the fuck? How? <laughs> while jump what? while jumping at the man, the gaping jaw, um, while jumping at the man with the gaping jaw, the rifle managed to go all the way down into the tiger barrel first. Like he was pointing the gun at it while it's jumping at him, airborne, and its mouth whoosh, rifle right down the pipe. Whole rifle. No shit. It's, all it's a good up. thing he's dead because then he would have gotten a taste for guns. <laughs> <laughs> then nobody's safe. Yeah, right? That was my first rifle in SKS. <laughs> Did a tiger eat it? Nope. I don't know what an SKS is. It's an old Soviet like okay. semi-auto rifle. But it was fucking insane. Holy fuck. And I forgot it's snowing. So you just said that. Oh, it's, that makes it way more eerie and cool. Oh yeah, it was, and it was like forty degrees or negative forty, like super. Jesus cold. Christ! And these guys from Inspector Gadget are just fucking out <laughs> hunting the tiger, and it's forty below. Yep. Wow. This tiger, with multiple gunshot wounds over the course of a few weeks, had managed to kill two armed, experienced hunters, destroy multiple structures, throw a town into a deep fear, and swallow an entire rifle before getting shot to death fucking legend right there wow (laughs) the townspeople and grieving families were grateful that inspection tiger had finally dispatched the beast but for yuri and his team the victory was bittersweet for it's their job to protect these beautiful animals from loser poachers and try to bring conservation to a depressed and exploited region of the world yet they still had a duty to protect the people of the area from a man killing cat At the end of this whole saga, there really was no winners or losers, but it did highlight the fragile existence between man and animal and how when one thinks they are the alpha hunter, the tables can quickly turn and the other can be cut down in an instant. So, next time you're too cold while waiting for your trophy buck to show up because the batteries in your electric socks died, just be grateful that the only thing you need to worry about is a few chilly toes and not a massive tiger sneaking up from behind and ripping you to shreds. The end. That's fucking amazing. Isn't that nuts? Yes. Fucking nuts, yeah. No, it does make me think, like, it would, I, I don't know, it seems like it would be a little more fair if deer around here were attacking people. But, <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're, wow. Right? Isn't what it, was the name of the book? 
The Did book, you read this in? Uh, the book's called uh, The Tiger, A True Story of Vengeance and Survival from John Valiant. It was a good book. And it was cool because, like, it was tough reading it because a lot of it would kind of go off into the history of hunting in, like, Russia and tigers. And it had the backstory for every single person. Uh, so naturally, my little story does it no justice. There's a, a ton of stuff I couldn't. Uh, yeah, but I'm intrigued now yeah. to read it. I like it's it's a good book. Um, oh, is that it right there? It is. Is it yes. from the library? Or did you buy it? It is from the library, and it's funny because we've been. Can so, I poach it from you? You can. Well, I'll take it back because I. It's funny. I actually have this written too because we've been so busy and having like just it's just been off for recording. I had to check that out twice. So you kind of feel like a dummy. You're like, I need to recheck this out. I'm not done reading yeah, that's it after just, a month of having it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, we gave you three weeks to read this one book. You don't have any kids. What the fuck's wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah, so you feel yeah. like a fucking moron uh-huh. when you got to renew a book. Um, but yeah, so as I was saying, the uh, it gets into the history of the region, the backstories of every person involved, uh, the conservation. The conservation is still a serious issue in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of with the corrupt oligarchs clear cutting timber and super rich assholes just like road hunting. Um, yes, <laughs> and, and some of the every time a, a tiger's brought in, almost all of them have bullets in them from no attempting shit. to be poached. Huh. So, um, bunch of scumbags, right? Yeah, it's but, like the uh, well, I know that that's well, there's a lot of shit like that. Like, isn't shark fin like a big? I know that this is not like. Sharks aren't in the woods, <laughs> right? Hey, here's my take on sharks, real quick. So what people are always sharks. No, they're they're a vicious beast. So all right, so sharks are a beautiful sea creature and all that. Yeah. If you saw a shark walking around on land, how would you feel about that? I mean, you know, it's uh, probably the same way they feel about seeing some dumb land mammals swimming around in their ocean. That's very true. That's the yeah. way I look yep. at it. So it's like, oh, you got bit by a shark. It's like, what were you doing? Who's hanging out in his house? Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's oh, like yeah. uh <laughs> I have one, but I'll wait till you. All end. right. But uh, so, yeah. And apparently, like, I'm glad tigers don't live around here because you pretty much have no pets if... Like, everyone's pets in this area just get No, they just have tigers as pets. Get killed. So you're telling me that they are fucking aggressive and vengeful if, creatures. If provoked. Okay. Now, what about that fucking tiger in Life of Pi? Now, yes, the tiger is very respected in this region. Like, I was talking about how they he took his kill. Yeah. Everyone knows you don't, like, all the hunters and woodsmen are like, you do not touch the tiger's food because it's, for one, bad luck, and two, they'll clearly come hunt you down and fucking kill you. But they like everyone in this area apparently knows the mystique and the respect and everything that's associated with these big cats because they are they're they're fucking getting shot all the time and they're like yeah I don't feel that yeah yeah okay so I could see that like if it were a competition Mm -hmm. we're probably still winning so if they got to take somebody now and then yeah so like a lot of yeah a lot of a lot of the respectful people of the area it sounds like the first guy fucking had it coming. But I do feel bad for the dog. The second guy. Second um, guy sounds like he didn't really have a No, he didn't either. And that's why the, he, he had that in his head that, like, oh, the tiger had it out for Markov. I should be fine because I didn't wrong this right. tiger. And apparently that's the attitude of a lot of people in tigers, the relationship in this region. Like, a lot of people see them, but they don't get killed by them. Once you wrong them, though. Stay the fuck away. Don't be a Yeah. Dick. Yeah, exactly. But So, yeah, that's my story. It was fucking amazing. And it's all true. 
So if you want to learn about it and read that book, I highly suggest it. I'm going to borrow it from you before yeah. you take it back to the library. I'll make you go I'm, back. No, and I'm going to. I'm still not done with the book yet. <laughs> and then I'll take You're two months ass. to read it. <laughs> I'll steal your library card. What? Yeah. You don't know where it is. It's in your wallet. It doesn't matter. I get a new one every year. I, I know. Yeah, I was going to say, you lose, dozens you lose everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say this on the? I just made me think about it. Like you know, like you're not supposed to be in the fucking ocean with sharks. Mm-hmm. I told you about the deer, right? The deer. I saw a deer in the ocean. Did I tell that oh, on the last show? You told me about it. Yeah, you I don't saw know if a I deer told... swimming. Yes, we all did. Yeah, that's we were wild. doing a family photo, and we we're all dressed the same. We looked like cult members. <laughs> But you look like Colt. Yeah, well, you we're did. All dressed I we're all dressed in, oh, yeah, I know. I told my sister-in-law. I said, look, we should be fucking handing out got pamphlets. Any, got any brochures beach. to hang out? So we're at the beach, and we're doing pictures, and all of a sudden we see something swimming out there, mm-hmm. like 200 yards or feet, or I don't know. Yeah. Can't do distance out in the water. And Matt and I, my brother, we thought it was the kayaker that we saw yesterday, or the day before out in the water. He uh-huh. disappeared, so we thought he drowned. And then it turns out, there he is. It wasn't him, though. Thought it was a shark. Thing keeps coming closer and closer, mm-hmm. and Mandy says, "That's a deer." This is not a fucking deer; it's in the ocean. She says, "Well, I saw a deer in that backyard, so it could be a deer." It's like that doesn't make any sense. Sure as shit, it was a deer. It swam right in, probably washing the ticks off them. Ah, well, we read about that afterward. I didn't know that. It was the most amazing thing I've seen. In That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's all so. I got to contribute. That was an incredible story, by the way. Thank you. I am looking forward to hear your story. I know nothing about it. You gave me no region to avoid, no time to avoid. So actually, this is going to be a long episode. So for the people who have been waiting for another episode, this is a little treat. Is it a treat? I would like to think. Okay. Maybe. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you were looking for two stories today that were like as to the point, well-structured and coherent as Corey's uh, that we just heard. Here we go. You're classic, fucking, classic Chris story. I got halfway through this. I'm like, man, this is just like exposition. I haven't even gotten to the story yet. But then by the end, mm-hmm. if I change anything we're getting, it wouldn't work. So <laughs> pretty much you'll just, you'll just have to deal All with right, it. All right, let's hear it. It is what it I'll, is. I'll try to not interrupt so you can just get through it. All right, just hit my pop. What's this called? It's a pop filter. Pop filter. All right, let me see if I can move my microphone down. Pop, 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 pop. filter. I got to show you this video. I found an old one of Mandy from a couple years ago playing some sort of chicken game on her phone. And for some reason, whenever she hits something, she go, wop, wop. They go, wop, wop. They go, they go, wop, wop. Wow. Yeah. Like being as incredibly offensive to you. I'm an Italian American. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have said that on the air, but it made me laugh a whole lot. I'll show you when we're done. Your racist wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're racist. And I shouldn't wife. have said anything because like she's the only pole in the family. <laughs> All right. Um so this one's called Uh Finally a topic I can personally relate to. Packs of nude adolescents hunting down innocents with daggers. Wow. I thought you do the sarcastic titles for soft serve. That's not sarcastic. Oh, that's You'll see. I can relate to it. All right. Let's it's a stretch, it. but I made it work. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if I made it work, but I tried. Um, to any of our listeners who cannot see through the subtleness of today's title, I am going to be telling a story of people hunting people. Wow. Why? Because I have to. I don't think I really ever had a choice. Ever since I first mentioned today's story in a previous episode, it was a foregone conclusion that the subject would have to be brought up again in depth. Some of our listeners who have stuck with us from the beginning may even remember my mentioning of today's story before. You might. Um, 
a brilliant foreshadowing on my own part. I'm sure it was. Uh, <laughs> what episode this clue is contained within, I haven't the faintest idea. Uh, as I'm sure I've mentioned before, I don't listen to this program. But it's there. <laughs> um, unless I dreamt it. Which is possible? I don't, it's very possible. It happens a lot. I woke up this morning and thought it was Monday. It's not. Hmm. So, anyway. Uh, but either way, here we are. And if this sounds like an upsetting and shocking bit of history to talk about, well, you'd be right. Uh, in fact, if this subject material doesn't bother you, please stay away from me, as something in your head doesn't work. But for those of us who do see something wrong with hunting human beings, rest assured that I am going to ease this into the story as best I can. Think of this tale as a coming-of-age story, but with more knives and less pants. And speaking of pants, you won't need any where we're going. So please, disrobe and join me as we travel back 2,500-ish years to the beginning of the 5th century BCE. And that's actually a typo. It's the middle of the 5th century. Mm. Sorry. Um, back when the men were men and the boys hunted them down with daggers and stabbed them to death. That's right. For those of you who haven't guessed it yet, we're setting sail for Sparta to join the Cryptea and the coming-of-age ritual that is the Spartan surf hunt. This is Sparta. That, don't ruin it. I <laughs> I actually listened to the 300 soundtrack while I wrote this. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did. I don't, I don't doubt that. All right. Actually, part of my research was watching the Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, where they watch Bloodlust. Oh, okay. Knock off on uh, the most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Remember we watched it in my parents' we, yeah. basement. Yep. Anyway. Um, I mentioned in the title that I can personally relate to today's story. And although I haven't spent days stalking a poor working class man then stabbed him to death with a knife... There is one activity from my childhood that I can think of that comes at least relatively close. One of the defining moments, um, or maybe eras of my childhood, this relates, um, was when the Walmart went in down the road from our house. This may seem trivial or normal now, but at the time, it changed the whole dynamic of our neighborhood. Looking back, I can picture our neighborhood as a typical mid-90s fair. Lots of local kids on bikes or rollerblades, roving packs of preteens, making forts in the woods across the street from my house. Uh, we used sticks and pocket knives that we weren't supposed to have. But once they knocked down the old AMAs down the road and put up the Walmart, everything changed. That's we, what that place was, the AMAs. Yes, the AMAs, yeah. yes. Because okay. I, I always confused it with hills. Uh, yeah. So um, <clears throat> once that went in the Walmart, everything changed. We were drawn from the woods like cautious Native Americans, first meeting, meeting the first batch of colonists. <laughs> Completely Mayflower to a Walmart. Yes. That's, that's, uh, I could see it, yeah. It, was, it ruined the community. <laughs> <I'll>, so. yeah. <laughs> and we were on. Now, <laughs> instead, of, instead of pox blankets, you just get cheap blankets. Yes, yeah. And then all the other fucking small garbage went out. Um, um, so we were awed by this, not only with the Walmart itself, but with the never-ending parking lot it required to function, and, of course, with the other countless stores that popped up in our wake. Now, we had a plaza now, but to us, it was practically a metropolis. Of course, we never actually went to the plaza to buy anything. We went to ride bikes, fail at whatever tricks we attempted on rollerblades, make prank calls from pay phones with our allowance money, and so on. Uh, there were storage containers to explore and drain pipes to the roofs of buildings that were we were still. <laughs> I've yeah, been I'm not getting it. into yeah, that. I've been waiting I'm for not it. getting into it. Okay, but we were still just light enough to climb. What we did up there is our business. <laughs> but one of our favorite pastimes, one of our favorite pastimes was to I had to go down inside the Walmart. This might have been before you. I'm not sure. Um, unknowingly. 
what we were doing. I think I heard the story, but I wasn't in on this one. No. Uh, we un- unknowingly were mimicking the Spartan youths of old. Oh, okay. We were going hunting. Mm. Well, maybe not hunting. That's not exactly right. Uh, stalking would be close to the mark, uh, but that's probably not something I should admit on the internet. But either way, here's what we do. A group of us. Tell us your crimes, Christopher. Maybe four or five kids. <laughs> Uh, would pack into one dressing room cubby on the northern end of the Walmart. When we were all ready and the coast was clear, we'd hunker down low and filter our way out into the clothing department. From here, the game was simple. Make it to the opposite side of the Walmart, the garden department, and then outside into the parking lot without being seen by a single Walmart employee. That's it. That's fun. Yeah. And when you were all done, you'd pull what was left of your payphone money, Load up on Mountain Dew code red and then head back to whoever's house is closest and ruin their parents' afternoon. Actually, now that this is down on paper, uh, the similarities between our trashy Walmart hunts and Spartan surf hunting ends with the stalking and our age, as we were probably around 11 or 12 at the time. Had we drug innocent stock boys or cashiers into a coat rack and stabbed them to death with our pocket knives, then we would have been a little closer to the mark. All that. Right. Or if our parents were waiting outside in the parking lot to bite the tips of our fingers, were we to fail? Then that would do it, too. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> see your dad biting your fingers. That's why I was so well-behaved. Like, I don't want him biting my fingers. <laughs> uh, but alas, it was not to be. The comparisons end here. Uh, this was simply the longest-winded way I could come up with to relate to these Spartan youths and insert myself into the story. So we did it. Old Hunter from way back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if you're beginning to think that none of this has anything to do with Spartan surf hunting, you'd be wrong. The stabbing and the finger biting are very much a big part of this horrifying tradition. The rest, I'll admit, are probably 700-ish words that didn't really need to be in here. But now, uh, before we get to the actual hunt and to who the Cryptea were that I mentioned up top, let's get to when this was all going down. Most of the accounts of Spurt and Surf hunting I've read uh, about hover around like mid-5th century BCE, primarily the years uh, 464 and beyond. <clears throat> and for those of us who only, whose only knowledge about Sparta comes from the comic and or movie 300, Spar- Sparta. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I have the comic. Okay, Gerald. I actually did reread the comic. The I'm sure to gear for up for this. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so yeah, if that's all you know about Sparta, is from that. Um, Sparta was a city-state in Laconia, which was in ancient Greece. And speaking of 300, thanks to popular culture, most of us, when we hear the word Sparta, think of a warrior society, a battle-hardened people brought up on blood. In Molan Labe, come and take it. What? Molan Labe. Live Aid? Molan Labe. It's What's a come, that? come and take it. Oh, is that the Greek army thing, right? Yeah, well, you want our swords? Come take them. Yeah, okay. I thought you said Live Aid. I've been listening to a lot of Queen Bowie lately. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So, any, so yeah, Sparta's in, yeah, Laconia, which is in ancient Greece. Uh, Speaking of 300, thanks to popular culture, most of us, when we hear the word Sparta, think of warrior society, Mm battle-hardened people, and so on and so forth, brought up in blood. This went. Doubly so for the men, who were taken from their families as boys to be trained into fearless soldiers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, well, actually a lot of this, is actually true. Uh, Spartan boys were typically set upon their soldierly paths at the age of seven. And not only the boys, as women were also put through intensive combat training. Spartan women weren't just physically strong, but were socially strong as well. Equality. Yeah, well, that's like I'm trying <laughs> to right. paint this yeah. picture of like... <laughs> What we think it was, mm-hmm. you know, um, they spoke their minds at home. Excuse me, Bob. I burped a little. 
Oh, uh, oh sorry. Yeah, but I kept it quiet. <laughs> Just lost the listener. They uh, they spoke their minds at home and were vocal politically also. Uh, not only were they vocal, but they were respected, and their counsel was taken seriously. A strong and willful woman was looked at as a strong vessel for the production of more Spartans. More to this point, if a married Spartan woman liked the looks of a well-bred young man, then she could request sex with him, assuming that he would leave her with a strong seed. This snubbing of taboo and cocksure attitude of not just Spartan wives, mm-hmm. but their husbands as well, brings us to another confirmed trait you kind of touched on, uh, that is um, within this society that they're known for uh, both historically and in pop, cu- pop culture, uh, their brutal fucking wit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These mouthy fuckers could turn a phrase. In fact, laconic phrase, a term still used today, comes from this famous Spartan wit. Some particular zingers that were actually muttered in real life uh, did make their way into Frank Miller's 300. At the Battle of Thermopylae, a soldier named, uh, this is different in the movie, but his name was uh, Dionychus, uh, gave birth to probably the greatest line in 300 when the Spartan soldiers defending the hot gates were told that the, that the Persian numbers were so great that their arrows would blot out the sun. Dionychus coolly responded, then we shall fight in the shade. Yeah, I got fucking it. coolest fucking guy ever. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. I was very excited to learn that like a lot of this was actually real, um, except cool. for the shirtless thing. They had armor on. That was just and they didn't the fans on their helmet go the other yeah, way. Yeah, they just only came yeah. on. I just had one in the movie just so he stood out. That's yeah, all. so that was bullshit. But either way, and that's the furthest I'm going to get into the Battle of Thermopylae. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanna, did you ever listen to Kings of Kings? No, you told me to all the time. Yes. If anybody wants to learn more about that, like how fucking badass it really was, listen to Kings of Kings, the Dan Carlin show. It's awesome. So uh, looking at Spartan society, though, or through uh, maybe some rose-colored glasses, they look like maybe not progressive, but at least impressive <laughs> or even honorable folks. The modern progressive <laughs> man. Ah, your kid's got a birth defect to the pit. Well, yeah, we're going to get into it. Yeah, because like, I'm mean, like, Wow, like if you just look at like, well, they treated their women real well, and like, oh, uh-huh. this and that. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna get too woke on these gnarly <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh, but the ruthless tactics that were employed to earn the fear and respect of nations might seem a little unethical by today's standards. Uh, for example, long as you just touched on, uh, long before the Nazis put the final nail in the eugenics coffin, the Spartan way of life demanded a perfect society, at least physically. I'll resist the temptation to get too far into it here, but suffice it to say that many Spartan babies that weren't quite up to snuff were enrolled in a one-time flying lesson off of a local cliff. This is 100% true. Mm -hmm. Spartan newborns were inspected at birth, and those that were deemed to be deformed or maybe not quite up to Spartan physical standards were killed immediately. This practice, of course, was meant to ensure that only the best Laconian stock became, you know, these... Spartan, were they Spart- Spartiates? Spartiates. Spartiates. I, I, no, I think yeah, that's actually yeah. how I pronounce it. Um, I've mentioned Laconia a couple of times now. And I guess I should have made clear. So Laconia and Messenia, that's the area that makes up Sparta. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and it was a sizable area with a sizable population. What I haven't mentioned was that despite being called Sparta, Spartans made up a, like a rather small portion of the population. Uh which could, of course, have something to do with throwing so many newborns off of cliffs. I don't know. I'm not a fucking midwife or a pediatrician or anything. <laughs> but at but, some point, they stopped, and folks like you and me could thrive. Well, yes, I know. We would have been killed would have immediately. Been 
But I like, I mean, I'm guessing it has something to do with the population. I feel confident in saying that a baby hitting a rock at 100 miles an hour may lead to some complications. So, <laughs> hey, 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 you know. But anyway, so Egg, who else? Eggs and omelets, right? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. They were an egg before. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so who else is hanging out here in Sparta doing some actual work like farming and such while these freewheeling Spartans spend their days baby chucking and playing with spears? Well, after the Spartans, there was the uh, Periokoi. I don't know. I, 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 that sounds, it's your sounds Chinese as, story. Sounds about as good as, my, my story was Russian. It was not Chinese. Mm. It, it was close to China. Okay, so there's the uh, the Periokoi, <laughs> uh, who weren't full citizens like the Spartans, but were free to do as they pleased. After these guys were the bottom of the barrel, the poor, poor helots. Um, these are some of the folks... Uh, that I'm sure we've probably all heard of before. The helots are these serfs that got the short end of the stick when it came to Spartan surf hunting. Uh, of course, surf is a very loose term here. Hang 10, bro. I'm, I <laughs> went the whole thing without making a joke about hunting deer in a surf. Uh-huh. Anyway, so uh, it's a very loose term as far as surf goes. Uh, they were straight up slaves and everything but name. And worse than that, once a year, they were also the favorite prey of Spartan boys. So we finally got into the actual hunting. <clears throat> yeah, it's about time. Someday I'll do a story that I don't feel like I need an entire history lesson. of exposition. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not today. So okay. Anyways, helots, these poor poor fucks. Um, there's some controversy over the origin of these guys and gals, but for the most part, it sounds like they stem from an ancient Greek tribe that may predate even the Spartans themselves. But despite this, and the fact that they outnumbered the Spartans somewhere around seven to one. Damn. Yeah. Once a year, open season was dis- was declared on the helots, and these sad sacks were stalked and killed by roving packs of knife-wielding children. And this is not an exaggeration or me trying to be cute. This is exactly what happened. Picture this happening now. Go ahead. I, all right. My picture head's a, full. Picture a pack of a dozen 11-year-olds who have somehow been pried away from Fortnite for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> Now, strip them down to their underwear, give them each a steak knife, and send them over to the neighbor's house to hide behind a shrub. Now, watch them sit there, waiting. All <laughs> after a while, the gardener approaches. Uh, quick aside, the gardener's not getting paid. Um, then comple- <laughs> The slave? Yes. Okay. Uh, then, completely unaware, this poor bastard is jumped by a half dozen naked, screaming preteens with steak knives and messily butchered right there on the front lawn while every other gardener in the neighborhood watches and has to keep on working as if nothing happened. And even worse, as soon as the deed is done, these insufferable little fucks return home to their proud parents and are greeted with a warm grilled cheese, a wet one for all the blood, and a pat on the head. I, I can see all that happening except for the last part there. The, the wet the grilled cheese and the grilled cheese. Yeah. Why? Uh, it probably wasn't a thing then. No, I mean, now, but Fortnite wasn't a thing either, so. It was kind of like real life Fortnite. They were running around killing each other, you know? Fuck Fortnite. Um, <laughs> so the above Building is- Building fort? <laughs> Did they build a fort after? I just don't like it. Uh, the above is pretty much how I feel surf hunting would look today. That's what I'm saying. Of course, 2,500 years ago, the boys in question weren't our current breed of weak-boned 11-year-olds pissing their pants over a Twitch stream. I'd say that the nine-ish years old, these Spartan lads- were at the time could break yours truly with little more than a glance probably yes no doubt uh but how how did it go this far what circumstances led a boy 
who's barely gotten his first boner to out-and-out murder. And not only murder, but state-sanctioned murder. Well, not only was this a formal part of a Spartan soldier's training, these hunts were also a very, very practical form of population control. Much like whitetail hunting around here, right? Isn't that like conservation or whatever? It is, yeah. Because it gets too many. Well, I, I, <laughs> around here, like, yeah, they'll get diseased. They'll get aged out, things like that. So it is important to keep numbers realistic. Oh, so but you're condoning this? I'm condoning whitetail hunting, yes. Okay. Not so, killing of people. <laughs> no, I don't condone. I as, don't condone that. Uh, okay. But so, proper conservation, yes. As I said, <clears throat> the helots in Sparta outnumbered the ruling class by a mind-numbing seven to one. And again, they were essentially slaves, and mistreatment of them was rampant. You may ask, why didn't they fight back? With odds like that, how could they lose? There were helot revolts. Uh, dotted throughout the 5th century, but despite their numbers, Spartan military superiority saw that they were put down time and time again. One revolt in particular in 464 BCE saw the helots and their allies take advantage of an earthquake that devastated much of Sparta and saw her weakened militarily. But even with this further advantage, the helots couldn't get it done. But it was a close enough contest that it rattled Spartan leadership. And if you're thinking that maybe this close call would result in more humane treatment of these poor fuckers, so they'll stop with all the uprising, you'd be very wrong, my friend. Things only got worse for the helots from here. It's after this particular failed revolt that a lot of historians believe the Cryptea were formally sanctioned. The Cryptea were the... And if I'm pronouncing any of these wrong, not that we have any... I, I'm disturbed. taking notes, okay. so I can so, just crush you later. Anyway... <laughs> So, the Cryptea were the... Chris uh, doesn't know how to talk words. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Neither do I. Fuck it. I butcher every language or thing that we don't normally say. Yeah, I gave up on French. Um, so... <laughs> Still got that subscription, though. Yes. Uh, the Cryptea were the official name given to those roving packs of bloodthirsty preteens uh, strutting around in their underwear, causing trouble for all the helots. Ritual mistreatment of helots had always been encouraged by Spartans, but after the year 464, things got really bad. Um, helots were attacked and beaten in the streets without cause. They were picked out at random and humiliated daily in front of jeering crowds of Spartan citizens. One particularly cruel and mind-boggling practice involved forcing unwilling helots to publicly drink so much wine that they couldn't even stand up. Also, part Spartan... So a typical Saturday in our 20s. Well, the typical hunting season, right, I guess. Yeah, but, I guess. Uh, I'm so, looking for that orange less bush. Less wine, That though. orange bush-like can. Where is it's it? Keystone. Right? I, I think Bush did it, too. Keystone oh, yeah. did it and Bush did They're it. They're also fucking creative. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they make them drink so much wine they couldn't even stand up. Also, that Spartan parents could show their children the dangers of overindulging in alcohol. Side note, I, uh, this is actually the precursor to the D.A.R.E. program. I, I do, I'm having a hard time believing that one. Yeah, but, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but far and away, the worst time to be a helot was autumn. Uh, once a year, fall time, just like deer season, war was declared on the helots. This was not only a method of population control, but a punishment for prior revolts in a reminder of the helots' place in Sparta. And war is a relative term here, as the killing tended to be pretty one-sided. These annual autumn conflicts essentially boiled down to the Cryptea, Excuse me. These Spartan youths in training, mm -hmm. stalking helots throughout the countryside, murdering them, and then dragging their bodies back to their proud parents. Eesh. Yes. The Cryptaea were pretty much uh, like middle school secret police. They were the Spartan version of the Nazi youth. 
Wow. That's the best way to put it. As fucked up and cruel as this sounds, it accomplished a lot from the Spartan point of view. The children that made up the Cryptea were in all likelihood going to spend the prime of their lives at war. Mm -hmm. Hunting down helots at this very impressionable age not only honed their skills at stalking an enemy, but normalized death and killing. Before a lot of these kids even sprouted their first pubic hair, they knew what it was like to kill a man up close with a blade. And they did it with their buddies, further cementing the bond between them. And if these Lord of the Flies little assholes didn't bring down their prey, their parents would beat the ever-living shit out of them. And bite their fingers. And bite their fingers. I was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And these kids... (laughs) And if you're at home and you're two adults who consensually want to bite each other's fingers, it's fine. Chris. But don't bite your kid's fingers. You get home, your dad's like, Chris, the manager at Walmart called. He said he saw you. Get in here. (laughs) Bites all your fingers. (laughs) Actually, it's my toes. That's when my nails are all fucked up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so where the fuck was I? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, they beat the fuck out of them. Um, these kids, they weren't going for the weakest of the pack when they were hunting. They almost exclusively set their sights on the largest and strongest helots they could find. Not only did this up the ante for these young soldiers in training and make them, like, the hunt a true challenge, mm-hmm. it also acted as a pretty brilliant reverse eugenics program. The idea was to eliminate the strongest stock amongst the helots so that they could, like, even if they continued Just to breed. deal with the weaklings. Mm-hmm, yeah. And outnumber the Spartan elite, they do so with a weakened brood, as the strongest among them were systematically eliminated every fall season. Pretty fucking wild. That's, yeah. <clears throat> now, this is going to get a little abrupt, because it's at this point, like, what, 3,000 words in on here already? <laughs> it's like my entire everything I know. In. So... Uh, that's essentially Spartan surf hunting in a nutshell. Wow. I mean, that's most of it. And this presumably continued year after year until at least 371 BCE when the Spartans were defeated in battle by the Thebes and began to their slow decline that eventually saw them absorbed by uh, Achaea toward the I think it was toward the end of the uh, second century. It was like, two, like 207 or something like that, BCE, uh, which is a lot to gloss over. But if I hadn't spent two pages screaming about Walmart, then maybe we'd have a little more time. Uh, but I, I do I do want to leave you all with this, okay? Specifically, all of you great white hunters out there. Uh, there we go. It may Peter be, man, let's it, hear it. It may be too late for you. Ugh. All the years of bush light and hot pockets have most likely relegated you to the confines of a deer blind or a tree stand. You can, if you can still manage to climb that high. <laughs> Wow, you are just fucking going for I feel it. like you're a hunter, so I can talk shit about him, and if you don't get upset, then fuck him. So, <laughs> I can't wait till, like, the, the, a few of the people who do listen to hunt, and they, like, just lose all respect for don't me. Don't step... Well, they had respect, respect for me before? Maybe. Sorry. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an asterisk by that one. So. All right. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so this goes out to the great white hunters out there. Uh, yeah, it might be too late for you, but mm-hmm. take a minute and look at your kid. Look yeah. at your son, your daughter, whatever. Uh, my, really look. My and cat. S- whatever. Whoever's hunting with you. Uh, look, though. See their potential. Mm-hmm. There's still hope for them. Do the right thing while there's still time. Instill some values. Help establish a legacy. Like how to hunt. Turn off their TV, <laughs> their tablet, their phone. Grab a steak knife, take them by the hand, and drop them off at Walmart. 
I would, I would. That's my advice. I'd take him hunting, but yeah, drop him off at Walmart. You can equally get some entertainment and culture, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of still happening, sort of. Look yes. at Slenderman. Those two girls stabbed that other girl. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, fucked that's up. pretty close. It's yeah. the closest there is now to like uh-huh. Spartan surf hunting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I, I think you should take your, uh, your, your kid hunting and show them if you do hunt. Dad never took me hunting, and look at me. But your dad doesn't hunt. I know. <laughs> so that makes that like that's why that's why you didn't go hunting. We shoot bow. Uh, yeah, there you go. At a target. Mm-hmm. But not at an animal. Fun fact: that's going to be our picture. Oh, bow hunting from the uh, the summer. At, uh, oh, we already did, so we don't have to do a photo. We this don't have afternoon. to do a photo today. No, good because no. I'm all sweaty. Nah, oh, that would have made it even better. Like he just got out of the woods. Dragon is kill. Oh, you guys don't sweat. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I dragged the deer 10 feet to the side by side, threw it in the back. (laughs) I I have to clarify that I know that, like, (laughs) if Kurt listens to this, and he doesn't listen to the fucking show, he hates us. Well, I like, if he listened to this, like, I mean, I know that there are people that go out there. Yes, that was one thing I, I didn't talk. I didn't talk about that earlier is there is people who genuinely hike deep into the wilderness set up a camp, actually, like, skillfully bow hunt elk and deer and various other game animals. Yeah, that fucker animals. shot a bull elk from seven yards away with a bow. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, pretty badass. Uh, but, yes, a lot of the hunting that goes on in our area, it's it's pretty tame. As yeah, far you do as it on a golf course, don't hunt- you? <laughs> <laughs> you could. There's so many fucking deer around. Yeah. Uh, but Don't no, I liked your story. That was. Uh, Have you ever heard? I, I, I knew that, that the Spartans were pretty fucking gnarly dudes. Oh, fuck, but, man. Like, I didn't know that part of it. Woo! Yeah. I got a whole. Se- oh, I exited out. I had a whole bunch of cool shit they said. Now it's gone. Yeah. That's right. Say- Actually, there are so many stories about people hunting other people that I had to narrow it down to this one. In fact, <laughs> I was going to do a runner's up. Uh huh. Like, you know what? Fuck it. If we do another hunting episode, here's a spoiler gonna be about hunting people again yeah i'm not doing any other ones <laughs> no, I, I, well we already talked about it earlier we're gonna name this episode the most dangerous lame yes Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah that's pretty much it that's my story now that's sticking good. to it now that was good i enjoyed that we I, as i said earlier we're, we're running pretty long here for uh for a normal episode but it's a treat it's uh i don't know it's it's like a uh I, I lost it, lost it there. So I wasn't paying attention. I was I looking know. at my notes. Like I, I think I actually covered it everything. Threw me off. Um, well, I had to. Like it was funny while you were reading. Like I had a a text I had to go through. So I was. I shut my phone off. I turned it down. Oh, I mean, did that, and uh, then I realized I didn't turn my computer off. Didn't mute it. Well, now that we've done this, I'm gonna go back to what I've been doing for like I've been I've been doing nothing in my free time but watching Elden Ring videos for like two weeks. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah actually i uh i took off a bunch of time because i planned on doing a bunch of hunting and now that i got a deer on opening day i i have some free time although i do have other tags so i'll probably go get another one so i'll take some jerky i'll hook you up i'm i don't know if i'm gonna do jerky but either way christopher i'll hook up sorry listeners i am not giving you any of my meat Hey, join our Patreon. We don't have Corey will send you some meat. That'll be the first thing we do for a Patreon. Is nope, anybody nope, that gives already... $25, Corey will send you a deer. No, no. Yeah, a whole deer. No, the $25 only... for right, a whole all right, deer. All right, all right, all right. 
If you want to send $25, the only meat that you can get for $25 is Chris's meat because it's only worth $25. What do you mean? You know what I mean. Oh, you're right. calling me a slut. <laughs> you, no, you'd be a streetwalker. I'm a taco slut. <laughs> a taco slut 69. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I know there's something I forgot. I know there is. Oh, real quick, before we're done, I know I draw Mm -hmm. these out too much. Speaking of Slender Man, I saw the tallest hunter I've ever seen yesterday at the grocery store. He must have been eight feet tall. (laughs) Wow. I'm serious. Just tower over the trees. He's a giant. He'd be more of a liability than anything else. (laughs) I wouldn't bring that lumber hunter. The only reason that you would want to bring a tall hunter out in the woods is because you're going to use him as a tree stand. He was a tall man. Sit on his shoulders with a bow. Let me ask you, is there a disadvantage to being too big, like too tall to go hunting? I I don't know. I'm I'm an average height person. Let's say you were a foot taller. Would you still hunt? Um... I would think, uh, you know what I will say, if you're bigger, be it taller or fatter, whatever, uh, certain uh, tree stands and deer blinds do not bode well for large people. But if you're tall, you don't need a tree stand. You can see that high, (laughs) right? (laughs) Now, you still need a tree stand. Or, well, you don't need one, but they're ideal, especially for bow hunting and such, so... Okay. Yeah. That's just a question I had. I forgot to write it down earlier. <laughs> to tall people. I don't know. Any tall hunters out there, send Chris a message. Tell him how it is. Yeah, if you're a tall man uh, from somewhere around Taiwan and you have some advice to give us on hunting, just please. All right. No, 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 The last thing I want to say is teach your kids to hunt with a knife so they're not little bitches. Wow, that's pretty badass. I, would I wouldn't badass. expect you to say that. I personally know there somebody is... who's killed a fucking deer with a knife. Uh, I've heard stories yeah. about things similar. Yeah, spear hunting. There is still spear hunting in the U.S. Yeah, they hunt boars with it. Uh huh. Because I was gonna buy. Fuck, a... there's so many boars and pigs down south. Like they'll let you hunt them with machine guns. Oh really? There is like a, I think there's this ranch in Texas or something. You can go, like rent. You can. I mean, it's a class three dealer. They have all the licenses and stuff. But you can go, and as long as you got the background checks and all that, they'll let you go hunting with machine guns. That for seems pigs. a little excessive, but hey, there's so many pigs they don't care. Like no season, no limit. I was gonna buy a spear a year ago. Oh, for your targets? Yeah, just to throw into a piece of wood next to it, not because I'm gonna do anything cool with it. And like, I see that ending so poorly. Well, I'm like, look, I'm like, this is gonna be so fucking cool. There's probably a whole bunch of like axe guys that could do it. And it's just a bunch of videos of men spearing boars. And like one guy who's you, like You get uneasy. One guy who uh-huh. reviewed it, he's like, I bought this for my axe throwing target and uh, I don't know if he sounded like that. Uh, it, oh, it bent really as soon cool. as it hit the wood. And like I guess I'm not doing that because it was that or a trident. So then Matt threw he oh bought me a God, shovel. Oh, my God, you need to get a trident. Fucking A, I'm going to buy a goddamn trident. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking. I'll take you hunting the trident. You I'll tell you what. fucking thing. I'll buy the trident, mm-hmm. and we'll go hunting local cows because I see them everywhere. <laughs> I don't think you can hunt them. They're always in season. Oh, They're always God. killing them. All right. So that's the hunting episode. We're wrapping it up. That's hunting. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was a lot more fucking fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought hunting was going to be boring. See? Maybe I'll let you you take me You started off with a bad, on a bad note. And now I'm in a, I'm feeling pretty good about it. You would love hunting. You have to bundle up. You sit there. No one bothers you. You generally don't have cell service. Bring a book. It's fucking great. I feel like I'd like to just sit. Oh, hey, I could be a spotter. You could? Because I don't want to. Because I feel like if I if I got something in my mm-hmm. sights, as soon as I pulled the trigger, it would dawn on me like, 
this is going to be a lot of work. And then that's, I would regret it immediately. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, like yesterday, because my uh, uh, niece was with me, and I said, which I actually do think is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she like took to an interest to it, and it was it was pretty outside. it was pretty cool. And I do understand, like, yeah, they're learning to actually work for their food instead mm-hmm. of me just going to fucking tops and buying whatever meats half yeah. off. That's what I said to her too after after the deer went down. I said. Well, now the work begins because you do. You got to go <laughs> drag the fucker well, I'm, down I'm and gut it and all that. That's so cool. That's it was cool. cool that she went and enjoyed it. But anyway, that was it. That was the hunting episode. Hope you guys had fun. Uh, again, check us out on Instagram at TS Podcast Official and give us a follow on Spotify or Pandora or Apple or wherever you're listening and leave a realistic review on Apple. Yeah. Realistically, click on that five stars. <laughs> Click on whatever you want. If you hate it, and tell us we suck. Hey, we'll care. be back, and we're gonna try and come back in a week, right? We're gonna, we're gonna try to the come back because yeah, uh, the, uh, we had screwy schedules again, and next month probably gonna be again. We but... got a couple more episodes, hopefully coming next month. Mm-hmm. I already got my fucking story picked for yeah December. It's laser focused. Mm-hmm. No bullshit about going to Walmart. None of that. <laughs> No kids without pants on. (laughs) Well, nope, never mind. They're all adults. All right. So, all right. Thanks, guys. That's it. Um, Hope you had fun. And we will see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye for now.